0: wanted i've been waiting 23 years to say that because we are living in a material (laughs) world (laughs) that's been there since yesterday i'll have you know just stuck right up in my i guess it's nice to have something stuck in my head for a change that isn't ninja sex party because even as much as i love ninja sex party i went for like a month or two where every day was a ninja sex party song in my head and it reached a- well it's better than what i've been dealing with my nephew has been non-stop yesterday was playing that uh what does the fox say song what does the fox say yeah <laughs> and i was about ready to throw that freaking siri or like thing out the window <laughs> oh god i don't blame you on that one and then i was like oh maybe i should introduce him to at least brian posain's version so at least could it'll be a worse. little metal he could have been playing like like baby shark or oh, that's been on, just not oh, I'm for him. Sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, this is the FBI's most unwanted. I'm Matt. I'm Justin. Yeah, and we are on uh, season three, episode two, titled "Paperclip." Uh, this one is uh, the conclusion of the three-parter that started with the season two season finale. Uh, This one was directed by Rob Bowman. It was written by Chris Carter. Um, It's got a whole lot of uh, stuff going on in it in terms of learning more about the um, conspiracy going on. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I love how down here in the notes on the Wikipedia page for production, it says the aliens in this episode who run past Scully in the mining facility were portrayed by children aged eight and nine. And I'm just like, yeah, we know that. We I figured that their, part out. We <laughs> could <laughs> see their feet in the yeah. again, last episode. It, liter- it Yeah. It's like literally from the first episode of this part, three part, I'm like, yeah, they're children. Like, <laughs> it's just like, nah, just so you remember. They're kids. (laughs) Like, yeah, I figured. And I will also say I was a little upset because I figured this episode would have revolved around the Microsoft paperclip. Ah, yeah, Clippy or whatever his name is. Yeah, Clippy. (laughs) I see you're having a problem with your conspiracy. Mind if I help? (laughs) Yes. Also, uh, just uh, just a few more fun uh, behind-the-scenes things. Um, The... Mining facility that uh, Mulder and Scully visit in this episode is named after Dr. Hubertus Strughold, who was a real-life German scientist who was brought to the United States after World War II as part of uh, Operation Paperclip, which is where this episode gets its name. And Strughold was a horrible horrible person and we don't need to talk about it you can look him up on your own very very bad guy uh they mention it a little bit in this episode but operation paperclip is one of uh the worst things the united states ever did in the name of progress so um, america oh god it's but yes the character victor klemper in this episode is based on that guy and they named the mining facility after that guy um Apparently trying to drive home the fact that they were, you know, this whole episode had something to do with that Operation Paperclip, which we'll talk about. Also, this is kind of nice. Uh, The episode was dedicated in memory of a man named Mario Mark Kennedy, who was an Internet fan of the show. Yes, the Internet existed way back then. And he had died in a car accident in 1995. So somehow the people who made this show uh, found out about that and they dedicated the episode to him, which I think that's is really nice. Yeah, I think that's really nice that they they did that. Uh, this also contains Mitch Pelleggi's uh, favorite line that he – or one of Mitch Pelleggi's favorite lines that he ever got to utter in the entire series when he tells the smoking man to, quote – Pucker up and kiss my ass. Pucker up and kiss my ass. This is the part where you pucker up and kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and he delivers it so good. It's too. so what a, good. What a great line delivery. He's like uh, the more this season, the more this goes on. He's become like one of my weirdly favorite characters just because of how dr- so. He can be so dry at points, but he pulls out such great one-liners. He's nothing but dry, no nonsense, do his job, and still manages to say stuff like, and this is the part where you pucker up and kiss my head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to say it up at the top, but uh, this episode originally aired September 29th, 1995. And this one picks up right where the last one left off with Scully and Skinner holding guns on each other. And Scully gets distracted. And it turns out that uh, the person hanging out outside Mulder's apartment is Mulder who bursts into the room and with his gun out and points it at Skinner and is like, put it down. And Skinner's like, look, this is bullshit. I'm here. I have the tape. I'm going to reach into my pocket and pull it out and we can stop. We can all basically, he's like, we can all stop being so stupid. (laughs) Uh, So he does. And Mulder's like, okay, I need you to give me that tape now. (laughs) And Skinner's like, "Mm, no, because if I give it to you, then we're not going to be able to bring to justice the men who are doing all of this like this is literally our only evidence i have to keep this um so this is really the episode where skinner kind of comes out ahead because in the past he's kind of come down on both Mulder and scully but this is the one where he kind of steps out and is like skinner's not on necessarily anybody's side except the side of wanting justice to be done like yeah only care like if mulder and scully do their job wrong he's like well that could screw up the process like i want this to be done right and so that's really mostly what skinner cares about is things being done right <laughs> yeah within the prospects of, of like doesn't matter what side is which It's just he's looking out for his own ass and making sure everything's done as to the book to the letter as possible well that and i think he also just doesn't want bad people to get away i think he does believe very much in what he does with the fbi i think he believes in justice and making sure that bad people don't get away with doing bad things yeah Um, oh, also I forgot this episode, uh, does start out. I said it picks up right where it left off, but it does start out because this is part of another three-parter with the Navajos. This does start out with a voiceover from Albert Haustein talking about how all the Native American tribes have different, uh, beliefs and mythologies and how some of his, fellow indigenous people who live in a different tribe in the north believe that white buffalo being born signifies the coming of some great change or whatever and so it starts with and i got word that this white buffalo was born you know and you think it doesn't the navajo stuff in this episode has less to do with the plot than it did in the other two episodes yeah this one's more like this plays more in the background yeah, uh, just like, oh, but basically like a changing of the times of where the season's going. Yeah, because it comes back a little later as it relates to uh, Melissa Scully. So uh, Mulder and Scully, they let Skinner go with the tape and they go to see the lone gunman. And Mulder brings the picture of his father with the smoking man and deep throw and the other members of the syndicate. And the lone gunman, well, first, uh, well, Frohickey's not there. He, it's just uh, Byers and uh, Langley. And Langley and Byers recognize one of the men in the picture as Victor Klemper, who was a horrible Nazi scientist brought to the United States as part of Operation Paperclip. And then Frohickey comes in. He's like, oh, Mulder, thank God, we thought you were dead. And he gives him a big hug. But then he goes, oh, Scully – because before this we saw uh, Scully's mom going to the yeah, hospital. Yeah, how thinking... does, yeah, Frohiki is the one who has to give the bad news. Well, yeah, <laughs> because Mulder and Scully have been doing this runaround thing, and she hasn't been anywhere near her phone or anything. And actually, even Melinda – the uh scully's mom she thinks dana's the one who's been shot when she shows up at the hospital and it turns out it's melissa so then Frohickey comes in and he's like oh i was just what did he say that he was just hanging around down at the hospital yeah he was he literally said he was hanging around down by the hospital and heard that some like (laughs) their sister got shot it's just like wait (laughs) hold on a minute already (laughs) creepy enough why is he Hanging out at the hospital. <laughs> he has to find his next prospects in a nurse or something. Like, trying to mend the wounds that, like, Scully will never love me. Oh, I, I gotta need find another, another hot doctor yeah. that might love me.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: the only thing I could think of. Yeah, so Scully's like, oh shit, I gotta go. And Mulder's like, no, like, Scully, no. You can't, if they, if you go to the hospital, they know that your sister's been shot. Uh, they're going to be looking for you with the hospital. Come with me. Like, we'll get this figured out. We'll make it safe. So you can go see Melissa. Meanwhile, uh, the syndicate, the well-manicured man, uh, mm, wait. Oh no, I've, I'm I'm jumping ahead to a different part with the syndicate. The well, first the, of all, just, the syndicate uh, just is just the mad. syndicate just hanging around like yeah. all Soprano style, like like in a weird little meeting, like eat, drinking and, and smoking cigars. They are yes, they are mad because the Smoking Man did not get the tape. They're like, what the hell. And like, well, they they, they assume, well they're like, where's the tape? And he's like, I have it in a secured location. And Mulder's dead, so don't worry about it. I'll bring it tomorrow. Yes, I'll bring it tomorrow. But <laughs> in the meantime, Mulder and Scully they visit this dude Clemper, who is in his um, greenhouse garden taking care of his flowers. I and... had a really hard time with this guy. Not. I don't know if it was the, like, if I was having audio issues or the episode, but every time he spoke, I could barely understand what he was saying. His accent is very heavy, and he mumbles a little bit. Yeah, because I'm like, excuse me, what? What did you just say? I couldn't mm -hmm. hear a damn thing. Yes, I'll tell you what he says, because it is difficult. So, Mulder and Scully, they show up there, and... I actually had the benefit I could, the way my surround sound speakers are set up, one of them was literally where I was sitting. The speaker like was right, right next to your ear, right next to my ear. So I could actually, oh, sweet. You got some sweet ASMR of a, of a Nazi, of a Nazi. Um, yeah. So basically Mulder shows up. He's like, this is you right next to my father. And Klemper is like, oh, you're Bill Mulder's boy. And basically what he tells them is, look, um, I'm not going to tell you very much, but I'll tell you that this picture was taken at the Strughold Mining Facility in West Virginia. And I will tell you, uh, do you happen to know something called Napier's constant and Scully's like, yeah I know what Napier's constant and he's like great then uh, that's all I have to say bye and they leave and klemper immediately picks up the phone and calls the well- manicured man and is like your friend Mulder was or Bill Mulder's boy was just here and the well- manicured man is like what what did you tell him and klemper's like, I didn't tell him anything. Of course, I sent him on his way. And so the well manicured man hangs up the phone and says to the rest of the syndicate, guess what? Mulder's alive. And the first elder, we still don't know that he's identified as first elder. It's just easiest for me to call him that because I know that's what he's called later on. First elder says, well, guess we're going to call our assassins and they'll take care of this bullshit because the smoking man couldn't. Um so they are really not happy with the smoking man. And then uh Albert Hostein shows up at the hospital, and we get our first sight of a dude who keeps walking by back and forth outside of Melissa's room. So um Yeah. Yeah, and you th- have to have the guy stake out of the hospital room just and in case. He's not subtle. There's nothing subtle about this dude. It's just like, like he literally almost peers his head in, like he stops and pierces his head in and walks away. Slows down and looks in. Like, <laughs> he couldn't be more obvious if a woman was bent over in front of him with her boobs hanging out and he was there going, uh, yeah with his tongue hanging out. <laughs> um, And uh, Melinda is like, hey, who are you? And Albert Hostein is like, I'm Albert Hostein. I was asked to come here and pray over your daughter. Uh, your other daughter, Dana, asked me to come here. And uh, I think she's okay. Like, Melinda, obviously, is like, is she okay? He's like, where is she? And he's like, I-, I don't know where she is. I believe she's okay. And she does want me to pray over your daughter. And then he's like, she's getting weak. And Melinda's like, no, her doctor says she's getting better. And... <laughs> So that happens, and then Mulder and Scully they go to the uh, mining facility, and when they go in, um, there well, are there's a there's a sec was this before? Uh, no, because there's a section where the Smoking Man walks into Skinner's <gasps> office. Oh yes, I thought and... that was after. Yes. Well, no, there's there's two of them. Mm-hmm. There's the first one where Skinner, uh, where he like abruptly he just walks into Skinner's office. Oh and, like, and he gets wicked upset at Skinner. He gets so pissed. And he's Where's like, the damn may, tape? Yeah. yeah, he's like Skinner's like I may or may not have it. Like and basically is uh basically threatening that he's like like mm-hmm. that he wants to make a deal that will benefit like yeah, Skinner and, and everybody. And, oh yeah and the uh the smoking man is like I is don't pissed. make I don't negotiate. I don't make deals. You know yeah. this and Skinner's like Yeah, I know, but, uh, you're gonna, in the smoking. If you want, yeah, if you want the tape, you are going to have to make a deal. Mm -hmm. And the smoking man is like, I'm not going to make a deal. And he, you know, leaves. Um, and then yes, they discover Mulder and Scully back at the mining facility. They discover these huge vault doors and, um, Mulder, always with his dry wit, says with some time and a small nuclear warhead, I might be able to break into these (laughs) or a small explosive device or whatever it is, he says, because they're huge, giant vault doors and they keep trying Napier's Constant, which is this number on them, and it doesn't work except for on one door. And this is where... Shit gets super interesting, because they go in, and they find a huge underground, in the side of a mountain, complex of tunnels filled with filing cabinets. And Can you fi- imagine the people trying to keep that place, like, clean? Not just clean, but can you imagine... Like the organization in general would just drive me nuts. I know. Cause at one point, cause when they first enter, they open and they're at like 1950 something. Yeah. And Scully is like, these are standard medical forms for oh God, this is, I had a thought during all this that I'll talk about in a second. She goes, these are standard medical records, uh, records of people getting small, smallpox vaccination and records of tissue samples. And all I could think when there was this whole underground complex of records, uh, nefarious records of people's smallpox vaccination was, Oh God, don't let anybody who doesn't want to get the COVID vaccine. Watch this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. QAnon's right X-Files figured it out X-Files is fictitious But they will watch it And think it's real (laughs) They found us (laughs) In fact, that's probably where all this QAnon stuff started was somebody had ne- somebody had seen the X-Files and the rest of everybody else had not. And they altered a couple details and went, here, I'm going to present this like it's true. Anyway, <laughs> um, so they're like down in the 50s and Mulder's like, Scully, when were you born? And she says, you know, 1961 and Mulder takes off down the hall and she's like, where are you going? And he goes a long way and he finally gets to 1961 and he opens a file and he finds Scully's file and she's like, what the hell is this? And he's like, this is a recent tissue sample Uh, because the other one, the old one was in like a metal container and Scully pointed out that the new ones were kept in plastic containers and her file, because she was abducted recently, had a plastic container for her tissue sample. And then Mulder gets really wondering, and he runs down to find Samantha's file. And while they're looking for Samantha's file, Mulder realizes that her name on the file is stuck over his name. It was supposed to be his file. So then the lights go out. And Mulder's like, Scully, stay here don't know why she could have gone with him yeah no she had to stay apparently scully stay here he runs out and while he runs out uh he sees a ufo taking off it rises he runs up to the top of the building and it flies right over his head and while he's standing on the roof of the building a, a whole bunch of cars full of armed soldiers arrive and Mulder runs inside, and they run inside after him, and just open fire. But, mm-hmm. in the dark. <laughs> hmm. Yep. And all these. And it is, I just couldn't help but laugh at the whole thing. It's It's just like, she's just standing there and all these like, you see like the tops of their heads as they go by her Mm -hmm. and then kids feet. And I'm just like, and it's just like, what? (laughs) What It's super weird for a lot of, number one, the scene itself is just funny because it's just Jillian Anderson having kids with alien heads run by her. Yeah. Number two, why are the aliens even there at that moment? Makes no sense. And number three, a whole buttload of aliens just ran by Scully and she's going to spend the bunch of time after this going, extraterrestrials yeah. probably don't exist. But yeah, she totally like gave herself like almost like a men in black mind swipe. Just like, nope, nope, that's not a thing. Uh, it's so weird. Um, so anyway, Mulder runs back in and Scully's like, look, there's a door down here, and they run out the door, and apparently run to a diner, because the next morning, Skinner meets them at the diner, he walks in, and he sits down, and he's like, hey, uh, this place, or, well, first he says, oh, man, couldn't even find this place on the map, and Mulder's like, wow, there's a lot of things on the United States that aren't on a map that you would be surprised what they don't want you to find. You wouldn't believe what <laughs> happened to us last night. We were in a a, a a cave under the mountain where they were keeping files. And Skinner's like, look, I, I, I get it, but uh, I'm going to turn the tape over to the people that want it because that way you can get your jobs back and you will be safe. And Mulder is like... No, nope, that's the only evidence we have against them and that's the, and Skinner's like I get it, but like I want you to be safe and I want you to keep doing your job and we can maybe find another way to do it without this tape. And which I thought, which first of all the idea of Skinner's whole deal that he wants to do mm-hmm. at least from just listening to this before what I, before what he does later on or whatever, mm-hmm. like, and it's like I'll g- basically it's just saying I'll give you the tape if you promise mm-hmm. not to go after Mulder and Scully, and I'm like, well he mm-hmm. does say, well no he also says because Mulder says what what to stop them from killing us as soon as you give them the tape, and he goes, uh, because if they do, I oh, will. Yeah. Flip on them. I will turn state's evidence and then they will have to kill me too. And then they will have killed all three of us. And that's no one's going to turn a blind eye to that. Right. (laughs) So, uh, Mulder still says no. And Scully goes, Mulder, look, no. Stop. We need to be safe. My sister's in the hospital, maybe dying. I have to be able to go see my sister. And Mulder is like, okay, you know what? That's, you know what? Fair. Okay. I'm sorry, Scully. And so, uh, but for some reason, Skinner goes to, oh, cause he hasn't turned the tape over yet. They're yeah, not he just yet. says, I'm going to go, I'm going to go make the deal. But mm-hmm. the only condition of the deal is that Mulder and Scully have to sign off on it. Yep. So, uh, so he, I'm still going to hold on to the tape until you, because, uh, Scully agrees to it, but not Mulder. Yep. And it's like, when Mulder's ready, then I'll, then I'll sign it. Yes. and so And the tape over. Skinner goes to the hospital to tell, uh, he's going to see Melissa and tell Melinda that, look, Scully is safe. She's going to be here real soon. We're getting her out of the problem. We're getting her out of this. Meanwhile, uh, right before he does that, uh, we find out Albert Hostine is like, oh, the white buffalo started uh, not drinking its mother's milk and the mother died. And my father taught me that for something good to happen in the world, something else had to die or for something to live, something else had to die. So it's kind of hinting at like, you know, for Mulder and Scully to live, maybe other things have to die. Yeah. So, when Skinner's in the hospital room, Hostine, the man, the not-at-all-subtle man, (laughs) walks by again, and Skinner says to Hostine... uh, No, Hostine says to Skinner, Hey, that guy, he's been walking by a lot. And Skinner is like, Okay, you all stay right here. And he chases the man into the stairwell, and then to show... What a badass Skinner is. It takes three men to beat Skinner down. To Which, I gotta <laughs> say, I'm like, the I'm, when that happened, I was like, I'm like, first of all, how did they know Skinner was going to come in the stairway? Where were the other two hiding? Because one came from behind. Yeah, Krychek one... came running, like, down the stairs, and another guy came running. Yeah, by the way, one of them's Krychek, who's a piece yeah. of shit. And Krychek takes the tape, and he runs off. And they leave him unconscious in the stairwell. But uh, because Krychek was the one that failed to kill Dana and accidentally shot an innocent person. And because the syndicate is trying to clean up the smoking man's man's mess. This is actually an attempt on Krychek's life. Because the other two guys, they stopped the car. They go into the store and one of them is like, hey, you know, uh, you know what? I'm going to go. One of them goes in. Then the other one is like, hey, you know what? Actually, I want a beer. I'm going to go in. And when they both leave, Krychek happens to notice them staring out the store window at him. And then he sees the time on the car blinking and realizes it's a bomb. And he barely gets out before the whole car blows up. And then he calls the smoking man and he's like, Hey, you motherfucker. I know you tried to kill me. I have the tape. You're not getting the tape ever. And if you come near me or anybody that seems like they work for you comes near me, I'm going to make this whole thing very public. Yeah. mean, the smoking man during this whole thing is in the room with the rest of the syndicate. And he's like, Oh, Yes. Hi. Where are you? Uh huh. I'll tell yeah. the rest. Okay. Okay. That's great. I'll tell. You know, he's hiding the fact that Krycek is on the other end. Like, what's really, what's really funny is how this episode really shines a light on how everyone seems to be out for the Smoking Man. Like, he seems like such a dumbass around the rest of his crew, of the rest of the syndicate, who are just like, mm-hmm. this stupid motherfucker. Yeah, he is for now. I'll throw yeah. that out there. The yeah, as of right now, of he's like the... bottom of the barrel like of the syndicate. He is a scumbag, but he is the bottom of the syndicate. They look at him like a blustering idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> even after all this, cuz they all know he lied to them about Mulder being dead and or that they at least know you're right they all know he lied he either lied or was misinformed or whatever they all know he messed up having both Mulder and Scully killed so uh, but the well interestingly enough Mulder and Scully they go back to Klemper's greenhouse to try to figure out what on earth was going on underneath the mountain with all the files. And when they get there, classic X Files style, the well manicured man's just hanging out there. Just chilling. <laughs> Be like, I knew you would come back. I literally thought of you right when he pops out from behind those flowers. Exactly. <laughs> Every time, because all I could think of was how long has he been standing yeah. there? How did he exactly. know they were coming at this? T- has he been there for days? Does he have like a bag of food and someplace to <laughs> shit? I mean, he's in a greenhouse, so I mean, he can shit a wherever. And sleeping yeah. <laughs> in a sleeping bag, yeah. waiting for like, them. Seriously. <laughs> Like, seriously, I understand how cool it looks and the idea of them but of like so them weird. showing up. But it, yeah, if you think logistically and all across the board, I start thinking logistically and like, so how long has this been? Did he, like, bring just a bunch of food? Like, does he have a chair? Like, what if he had, like, is he, does he shit in a bucket? Like, does, like Or is he just I fertilizing mean, the flowers? I mean, sake. it kind of works out if he just shits in the greenhouse, because that's where mm-hmm. it's going to go. It's so weird. <laughs> but anyway, he's there, and he says, oh, poor Victor, he had a heart attack this morning, just died right here amongst his flowers. Oh, and by the way, Victor, he just, he loved these flowers. And Mulder looks at him and he's like, hey, wait a minute. You're one of the men in my picture. You knew my father. And the well-manicured man is like, yeah, like I did know your dad. And your dad really felt bad about working with us. Like he thought he was gathering all this genetic data in case there was like a nuclear war. And the only way to identify remains in the apocalypse was by genetic testing. But, uh, Oh, by the way, did I mention how much Victor loved his flowers? Like he, he, he was really good at making hybrid flowers and Mulder's like, Oh my God, he was making alien human hybrids. That's what was in the boxcar. Wasn't it? They weren't aliens. They were alien human hybrids. And Scully's like Mulder like, no, like, genetics didn't even exist back in World War II. Like, they didn't even get discovered until... And Mulder's like, no, 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 he was definitely doing it. And the well-manicured man is like, yeah, he was. He was doing that. And Scully's like, no, Uh that's science fiction. And I'm thinking to myself, you just watched a whole bunch of aliens run by you. But okay. Um, (laughs) And and so basically, uh, Scully is... Like, uh, nope. Um, he's telling you what you want to you hear. Ju- so you'll he's go just off telling the you track. what you want to hear. And the well, in the well manicured man, in Scully leaves because she's like, I have to go see my sister. So she leaves. And Mulder's like, Why are you telling me this? And the well manicured man is like, Because it's what you want to know. And then Mulder goes to see his mother and. Boy, this scene is sad because he wakes <sighs> his mom up in the middle of the night and he's like, hey, mom, mom, I need you to tell me something. Did dad ever ask you if you had a favorite? And she's like, no, nope, Fox, we talked about this. I don't remember anything. It was a long time ago. And Mulder's like, no, like, mom, seriously, tell me, did dad ever make you make a choice? And she just goes. No, I made him make the choice and I hated him for it. Even in his grave, I hate him still. And that's when you realize that Samantha got taken away because Bill said, Take Samantha. Ugh. And it's like, Yeah. Oh, God damn. <laughs> The the rest of this episode from here on is a kind of a gut. It's kind of just a couple of gut punches. Oh yeah, this episode ends on a real downer. No, I've got to back up because we we missed uh, Skinner's deal with the Smoking Man because. Oh yeah, right. I, before, that's my favorite part of it. Right before this, the Smoking Man, he's like, because uh, he, he thinks the tape is gone. He thinks Krychek has the tape and Skinner's got nothing. And he walks into Skinner's office. He's, he's like, so. About that deal. And Skinner's like, yeah, about that deal. You're going to let Mulder and Scully come back to work. And you're going to let them be safe. And you're not going to get anywhere near them. And the smoking man is like, oh, really? Well, you ever wonder what it would be like to die in a plane crash? Or get botulism? Or maybe even have a heart attack? First of all, the fact that he threatens them with the idea of game botulism <laughs> botulism <just> like what <laughs> horrific if you uh, yeah. i can't remember how i know but uh maybe it was in a book i read or something but the symptoms of dying of botulism are horrific <laughs> it sucks <laughs> it's terrible and so the smoking man even goes even a heart attack isn't uh... so no I don't think I'm gonna do that and he turns around to leave and Skinner's like wait a minute I didn't say we were done and he turns around and he goes to the other door and he opens it and Albert Hostine walks in and this is when the smoking man is like what's this? And this is when Skinner delivers him. this is a part where you pucker up and kiss my ass. kiss my ass this is Albert Hostine and in the ancient tradition of his people, which we learned either in part one or part two, where Albert Host- I think it was part two, uh, where Albert Hostine talks about the ancient tradition of history versus truth and how yeah. his people passed down things not written but through stories, and- which is a good callback. And Skinner goes, in the ancient tradition of his people, Albert, he's already decoded everything on your tape and he's told- 20 other men so unless you plan on killing every navajo man in four states you're screwed you're gonna do <laughs> what i say <laughs> and so the smoking man leaves and that's when we go back to the hospital and we find out melissa's dead and Mulder says to her hey because uh, he doesn't what do you say to somebody you know besides i'm sorry what else do you say yeah. to somebody who's relative just died or loved one just died he just goes um skinner said we could go back to work but if you don't want and scully goes no i have to go back to work and he's like melissa just died and she's like nope and we saw this back when her father died as well scully's answer to grief is going to work yeah because she goes no i have to have something to put my mind on and Mulder goes okay great because I really still believe that the truth is there in the X Files and we're gonna find it. And Scully goes, I don't care about the truth, Mulder. I know the truth. I just want answers. And that's where it ends, and that's the end of paperclip. That heavy ending right there. Yeah, hmm. I mean that's it's weird because like yeah, at the end where she's like, I don't care about the truth, I just want answers. But I mean doesn't make a whole lot of sense necessarily. Yeah, because it's like it, the truth should be the answers. Uh, I think. And if she's gonna keep playing, if she's gonna keep having the weird Scullyism of still not really believing Mulder at all these different junctions, like mm-hmm. in the future where she's like, like I told you, it reaches a point where it gets weird that she. Doesn't. I'm telling you. That's why I'm calling it Scullyisms. Mm-hmm. She just has a scully Scully Scullyism where it's just like, it's not real. That's not a thing. Well, it's also strangely weird, and um, this is another part about Scully. She is Catholic, and she is religious, and she does believe in the afterlife. Yeah. And in fact, um, she even says, you know, I tried to tell Melissa I was sorry that she died because of me, and I, I just don't think that she knew it, and... Mulder's like no she did know she still knows that and so yeah so she believes that kind of stuff but aliens and genetic research before the publicly accepted discovery of genetics is outside of her realm of possibility yeah but overall this whole trilogy was freaking awesome uh, yes uh, I give this honestly probably a plus for a weight of just being a good conclusion as well as a good way to keep continuing on uh as we move through season three yes uh yep this one uh really helped in the bringing up more questions that we need answers to it really had some emotional moments because uh Over the whole trilogy, obviously, Mulder lost his father, but in this episode, he also finds out, like, a horrible truth about his father. Um, Yeah. And they actually, I think, even drew a little bit of inspiration from that. I think I read in the the behind-the-scenes, they kind of got the idea for that uh, from, (laughs) of all places, but it's kind of interesting and it kind of works. Star Wars. I mean, yeah, uh, I could Luke see that. Luke finding out that, you know, Darth Vader is his father and all that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this episode, I think, is a pretty solid A for me. Uh, I don't know what's keeping it from being an A+, really. So, I guess I... <laughs> the kids. The kids running by Scully's. <laughs> yeah, and it might be the... I think it's just the shoe... I know the whole thing has had the bits with the navajo but i think they shoehorned in the whole thing about the buffalo i don't think it necessarily went quite as well in this episode i I understand i mean i didn't feel that way with it but also at the same time mm -hmm. i also kind of i I understood where what they were taught what they were kind of going with in terms of Mm -hmm. of the of like the the white buffaloes yeah, uh, the idea is kind of there with, you know, the the white buffalo and the mother had to die it kind of being symbolic of uh Bill Mulder and Melissa Scully had to die so that Mulder and Scully could continue, but yeah, is fine. Anyway, uh that's the end of that episode. The next 2 weeks are two very good monster of the week episodes although yes. one of them is hard to call a monster of the week episode we'll talk about that when we get to it men are um, the real monster <laughs> <laughs> well there is an episode about dating coming up too with men oh, the sweet. Re- that's coming up in a few weeks but um, next week is DPO. Which will have two very familiar faces in it as guest stars. I'm not going to tell you who. I'm going to let you all figure that out for yourself. And also, the week after has a very famous uh, guest star as well, and that's Clyde Bruckman's final repose, which is mm, great episode. And so is DPO actually, but I, Clyde Bruckman. Deep final penetrating repose. orgasm. Got it. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. totally down. <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that not what it stands it's for? Not what it stands for, but now I oh goodness oh god uh, no there's a reason that it's DPO but it, it's yeah I just not, told it, you yes. I was gonna say it's not anywhere near as good as what you <laughs> 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 oh my god that's the perfect note to go out on goodbye everybody later. <laughs>